The emergency medical system touches millions of lives each year. Where does it begin and where is it going? You're listening to ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm your host, attorney and Dr. Bruce Bloom, President and Chief Science Officer of Partnership for Cures, a nonprofit that drives cures to patients through repurposing current therapies for new uses. And my guest is Fire Battalion Chief Charles Orth of the Wilmette, Illinois Fire Department, a 28-year veteran of the force. Chief Orth is also the medical officer for the department, has been a paramedic for the last 26 years, and is an Illinois State Fire Investigator. Chief Orth and I are discussing the EMS system from the viewpoint of the chief of the fire department, who's also a paramedic. Chief Orth, welcome to ReachMD. Thank you very much, Dr. Bloom. So let's start off talking about the EMS system in general. What are the components and how are you involved in it? Well, my position is that I'm the medical officer for the Wilmette Fire Department. As you stated earlier, I've been a paramedic for 26 years. And my role is to oversee the EMS function of the Wilmette Fire Department. So as a medical officer, I'm in charge of making sure that all the ambulances are equipped. We run two frontline ambulances and one reserve ambulance in the village of Wilmette. We also run two med engines, a med squad, and a med truck. And by that, I mean that those vehicles that are non-transport vehicles have all the EMS equipment needed to take care of an emergency medical situation. And that way we can provide, you know, constant aid. If the ambulances are on another call, then those other pieces of equipment can then respond and handle the EMS side of that emergency, and except for everything but transport to the hospital. So what are some of the other components of the EMS system besides the people on the rigs and the ambulances? Well, there's ongoing training. Each month, one of the nurse clinicians comes from the hospital and goes and teaches us continuing education. So there's a three-hour session, and each month the topic varies from childbirth to burn treatment to psychological emergencies, the basic gamut of EMS. It covers everything. And what we try to do is make sure that we keep up to date on all the new standards and protocols and procedures in the medical profession. So from the fire department's point of view, you've got the ambulances, the rigs, and the personnel. And who do you connect with, and are they part of the emergency medical system as well? We fall under the guidance of the St. Francis EMS system, which is located at St. Francis Hospital in Evanston. And we work closely with them in providing the EMS care that we give to our patients in the field. Is that typical that a fire department works with a specific hospital or a set of hospitals? And is that what encompasses the EMS system in Illinois? Basically, the way it works is by regions, the departments that fall into that region fall under the guidelines of that hospital. So there's dividing lines that the way it works out geographically is there's there's 17 departments in our region, and of those departments, most of them fall into the EMS system at St. Francis. So you've got the Lincolnwood Fire Department, the Northfield Fire Department, Wilmette, Evanston, that are right there together, and those departments then fall under the guidelines of that hospital system. Once a month, all the medical officers meet down at St. Francis Hospital. We go through any policy procedure issues, any problems that have arisen, and we go through all of that information and, and pass it on and make sure that we're all working you know, in the same direction with EMS. So you mentioned one of the nurses that comes out and does an in-service for you once a month. What other medical personnel besides the people that drive the ambulance and the EMTs and paramedics on the fire squad, who are the other medical personnel involved in EMS? All the firefighters on the Wilmette Fire Department and most of the suburban departments are paramedics. And minimally, we have to have two paramedics on the ambulance and then two paramedics on the med engines. Usually, we run two to three people on the engines. Basically, it averages three. Some days, we have four people. But 
by that, that way we can provide better care and, and coverage. Uh, we also interact with the doctors at the hospitals and the nurses at the hospitals. Well, anytime we have a call for service, we have standard policies and procedures and protocols that we have to follow. And in some cases, we need to contact the hospital. Other times, we can go ahead and start beginning care in the field without contacting the hospitals. There are certain drugs and certain procedures that we need to contact the hospital, give them an overview of what's going on. And at that point, then they follow up with certain other instructions that they may have for us. And then we basically, by contacting them, the ER staff is then made aware that we are going to be transporting a patient to their location and they can have the ER ready, you know, anywhere from someone cuts themselves to uh, a cardiac arrest. So we've talked a little bit about fire departments, so that's the public side of EMS. Is there also a private side of EMS? There's a private side. You have private ambulance services, you know, advanced ambulance, superior ambulance, to name a few that work in this region. And quite oftentimes people request transport to a hospital that doesn't fall within our area. And by that I mean we usually try to transport most patients to the closest hospital. They do have a choice. In this area, they're very lucky because in the region that we work in, you have St. Francis, you have Evanston, you have Highland Park, you have Glenbrook, you have Rush North Shore, just to name a few that are very close to the city limits of the village of Wilmette. And so in that way, people also have a choice. But because of our emergency medical service, if someone has a broken hand, which isn't a life-threatening procedure, we try to make sure that we take them to the closest hospital so that our ambulance can then get back in service. So if we have a more serious patient, you know, that we have availability with the EMS. So one of the differences between public and private is that the private ones can have the liberty to take somebody someplace else, and you take them usually to the nearest hospital or the nearest hospital that has the qualifications to take care of them. Absolutely. And in the transport times, then, if someone wants to go up to Lake Forest Hospital from Wilmette, you know, we would stay on the scene and assist until the private ambulance you know, became available. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Bruce Bloom, and I am speaking with Fire Battalion Chief Charles Orth of the Wilmette, Illinois Fire Department, a 28-year veteran of the force. Chief Orth is also the medical officer for the department and has been a paramedic for the last 26 years. The chief and I are discussing the EMS system in Illinois. So are there different models for different municipalities around the state or is everything the same in the state of Illinois? No, because of the rural areas that you have down south, I mean, we're very lucky in the metropolitan area of the Chicago and the suburban area that most all the people that are on the ambulance are paramedic. You get down to the rural areas, and you may have a paramedic or an EMT, or you may just have two EMTs on that ambulance. And the problem is, is down in the southern areas of the state, the hospitals are much further from each other. The transport times are increased, and the level of care sometimes isn't, able to be provided because it's a high price to pay, you know, what you have with paramedics and full-time people. And a lot of the areas outside the Chicago region are what are called paid-on-call or volunteer services. Is there a difference from state to state? Is this a locally managed, state-managed, or nationally managed system, this EMS system? The EMS system varies from state to state where you have different strong regions. Like, you know, we're governed under the Illinois Department of Public Health in Illinois, and so everything that the hospitals do, the private and the public sector EMS providers fall under the guidelines and the licensure of the state of Illinois through the Illinois Department of Public Health. Other states vary in how they run their programs. But for the most part, you know, like I say, the, the big thing is the metropolitan area versus the rural area. Not that if you live in a rural area, you're not going to get good care, but the distance that is needed to travel for the provider to get to you and to the hospital is much greater. 
So what's new in EMS over the last few years, and where is EMS heading? What you're seeing more and more with EMS is that the provided services that we give to our patients is increasing. We're doing more and more as EMS constantly change, and that's why they call you know medicine the practice of medicine. You see the protocols and the procedures change constantly. So when there's new procedures out there, then we're taught them in the EMS system that we work under at St. Francis then comes out and we do continuing education. You know, there's new cricothyrotomy kits that are out there that we're performing that we're doing now and using. We've changed where we used to do a three-lead cardiogram. We do 12-lead cardiograms in the field. So it gives the people at the hospital and the patient a much better level of care because right away we can better diagnose if they were having a heart attack. They might send that person right away to the cath lab because we can now transmit that 12-lead EKG to the hospital. They can have the cath team ready in the cath lab and we take them right there, and we even bypass the ER. So when you look at the level of care and the standards, it's constantly being reviewed and constantly getting much better than it ever has been. And we've also talked about really local care, but does EMS and the fire department respond to disasters that are sometimes outside their area? Absolutely. We've got a system in the state of Illinois called the Mutual Aid Box Alarm System, which the acronym is MABUS. And this state is very, very advanced when it comes to the MABUS teams and the setup. You look at the dispatch centers that we have that, that work with us, and you look throughout the state of Illinois, we've got a communication system that if we were to travel down south, we'd be able to use our radio equipment the same as we have up here, our channels designated that have the same frequency so that if you travel from here to Utica, when we had the disaster down there, that they can communicate with each other. And that was one of the shortcomings that, that happened at 9-11 that the city of New York and the state and the world is actually you know looking at and improving. You mentioned the Mavis system. You're involved in the Mavis system in Illinois. What's your role in that? Each department is a member of, in our division, there's 17 departments, and it's called Mavis Division Three. And our role in that is that we all have agreements that are made out in advance to where if we have a big fire, we have cards that are made up with lists of all the different departments and all the different equipment. So I can be in the command van, and I can take out the card, and let's say we need five more ambulances. Right away, I know which ambulances are coming from which towns, and that same information is kept at the dispatch center. So if I tell my I want a fourth alarm box for an ambulance box, right away they will send me X amount of ambulances. And then, you know, they'll come and we'll put them in a staging area and process the patients and the patient care. And how does the EMS system utilize sort of command and control during a disaster? Do you know who's in charge or is that just the first person on the scene? How does that work? We employ what's called an incident command system. And under that incident command system, you have one incident commander for the incident. Then what you do is you break it down to different sectors. So you may have a safety officer, you'll have a transportation officer, you'll have an officer in charge of triage, and so you break it down. The federal government now, with everything that's happened with the WMD and with 9-11, has instituted a NIMS system. It's called a National Incident Management System, and we're all required now to get federal funding to go through all these classes. So some of them you can do online. The others you have to actually go to different you know, places like NIPSTA, which is the Northern Illinois Public Safety Training Facility, which is located in Glenview, where the Glenview Naval Air Station used to be. And that's a regional training area for this whole area. So a lot of times we'll go there and participate in drills and classes. And when you talk about federal funding, it's something now, if you, if you want the federal funding, you're required to take all these classes. How many people has the Wilmette Fire Department touched through the EMS system in a given year? How many people do you take to the hospital or, or treat on the scene? We average about 1,500 to 2,000 transports a year. 
we'll run about 3,700 calls this year. You know, about 60 to 70% of those will be EMS in some way. We have situations where we care for elderly people that need assistance going to the doctor. So they can't get grandma out to the car, so we'll come over, help get grandma down from the second floor bedroom, put her in the ambulance or put her in the personal car, and then, you know, transport her to, you know, the hospital as needed. Modern mobile health care starts with the EMS. I want to thank our guest, Fire Battalion Chief Charles Orth of the Wilmette, Illinois Fire Department, a 28-year veteran of the force, the department medical officer and a paramedic for the last 26 years, for bringing us up to date on what's going on with EMS. I'm attorney and Dr. Bruce Bloom, President and Chief Science Officer of Partnership for Cures. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals. We welcome your comments and questions. Please visit us at ReachMD.com, where you can find our new on-demand and podcast features that will allow you access to our entire program library. And thank you for listening.